0: My name is Mike DeBacker, and welcome to another episode of Gathering More Leaves. Please join me on my journey as I reflect on the exploration of my family history over the past 45 years. In many books there is usually a one-page section titled about the author that presents some biographical information on the book's author in the back pages of many books. I thought it best that I provide these details up front because, in one sense, this is all about me. Along with my two brothers, one sister, and our descendants, no one else can claim a complete affinity with all of the family branches presented in my book, Gathering Leaves. Also, it would be a disservice to the listener for me not to reveal who I am and what my connection is to the material presented in this podcast. My name is David Michael DeBacker. As the listener will probably soon learn, I have no formal training as a historian, nor as a genealogist, or a writer. For the most part, genealogy is a hobby, history is a passion, and writing is a form of therapy. Having said that, I do not want it to be inferred that I am making excuses for any mistakes, omissions, errors in spelling, or grammar that are bound to permeate this book. Both of my parents had grown up during the Great Depression and World War II, but they did come from different backgrounds. My father grew up in Nebraska, leading the life of Andy Hardy as the son of a small town doctor. My mother grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, went to high school in Nashville, Tennessee, and spent her childhood summers with relatives in Tampa, Florida. Both of their families were politically democratic and religiously Roman Catholic. My paternal grandfather, father's father, was of Belgian and French descent. My father's mother was, to steal an Irish expression, as Irish as O'Hanlon's Breach. While the family of my maternal grandmother hailed from Ulster, Northern Ireland, on one side and Southern Germany on the other. My maternal grandfather's ancestors on one side were of British stock, predominantly Welsh and Scotch slash Irish, and were early colonial settlers in America. His mother's ancestors were of East Central German, Saxon descent. It seems that every family has some legendary or mythic story about their ancestors, some tale handed down through the generations. Someone might say, our surname was something else before an official changed it at Ellis Island, or my brother was left on our doorstep by a wandering band of Alabama Cushada Indians, and we adopted him. When I started researching my family history, I brought only a handful of these stories with me. It was not until after I got deep into researching my ancestors that I came to learn of other family stories that no one in my family had heard before. In my book, I list the legends that I grew up with and the ones that I later learned from others. In researching my family history, did I find any links to royalty? Did I find any infamous or scandalous characters? You will have to wait to find that out. For the most part, I found ordinary people leading lives of quiet desperation. I say ordinary, meaning they were typical for times in which they lived, and they certainly did live in interesting times. I remember my great-grandmother, Catherine Bannon She was in her 90s when I was very young, and she died when I was about 10 years old. Her family had lived for over 100 years in Louisville, Kentucky, beginning in 1843 with the arrival of my great-great-grandfather, Richard Bannon, and his brother. Other than this, I knew very few facts about my great-grandmother's family. When I first started recording my family's history, I did everything on paper. I used charts that I had ordered from the LDS library. I used a pedigree chart to show two lines extending from myself to my mother and father and then to their parents and so forth. That first pedigree chart probably only had no more than 18 people on it. I also had family group sheets. I made up a family group sheet for each of my grandparents and my great-grandparents. If anything, this served well to illustrate how little that I knew of my family history. Sometime in the 1980s, I received a letter from a Roman Catholic nun in Kentucky, distantly related to me on my mother's side. She had contacted me by way of one of my grandmother's cousins living in Florida at the time. Betty Ann Bannon knew of my interest in family history and passed along my name and address to Sister Mary Catherine. In the correspondence that followed, Sister Mary Catherine gave me a nearly complete picture of the Bannon family of Louisville, Kentucky. She also provided me with maps of grave plots showing where various Bannon and Colrose family members were buried in Louisville cemeteries. It was more information than I previously had. I was very grateful for what the good sister gave me, but it made me realize that trying to maintain it all on paper alone would not be easy. In 1985, I made a trek to the National Archives branch in Southern California. At the National Archives, I was able to find census records for both my mother's and my father's side of the family. I was amazed at how simple this all seemed. All I had to do was to look up the name in the census index, make a note of the microfilm roll number, request the roll from the librarian, and then find the image on the microfilm. Within the first two hours at the National Archives, I had located the family of my great-grandmother, Catherine Bannon, in the U.S. Census of 1880 and the family of my great-grandfather, August DeBacker, in the U.S. Census of 1900. It is where I first learned that my great-grandmother, Della DeBacker, had been born in Ohio. It all seemed so easy, but of course, it was a little too easy because I did not know what I was doing. I knew that my great-grandmother's maiden name was Gom, at least that is how I thought it was spelled, so I figured it was only a question of looking for Gom in the 1870 Ohio census, and I would find her family. That was my first mistake, assuming too much. I did find an Adeline Gom, born 1867, in 1870 Stark County, Ohio as the daughter of Louis Gom, and without much more than that, I made the mistake of assuming that I had found my gone family in Ohio. Around the time that I visited the National Archives, I also paid a visit to the LDS library in Santa Monica, California. I was unsure what I would find there, plus, I did not know what I was doing. After a few hours of testing the waters in the LDS library, I managed to find, in a book titled The History of Kentucky, a biography of my maternal great-great-grandfather's brother, Patrick Bannon. He had been on the city council of Louisville in the 1880s. Looking back, I realize why the Bannon family was so easy to find and to trace. It was primarily because the family had a presence in the city of Louisville from the 1840s, when the Bannon brothers first arrived from Ireland, down to the 1960s, when they moved my great-grandmother to Houston, Texas, and placed her in a nursing home. The family operated several factories in the city, the owned houses, attended church, and many are buried there. With the information provided to me by Sister Mary Catherine, some newspaper clippings, copies of letters sent by cousin Betty Ann, census records and photographs that belonged to my great-grandmother and grandmother, I was able to put together a nearly complete history of the Bannon family in Louisville, Kentucky. After making the trek to the National Archives and the LDS Library in 1985, my family history research effort search pretty much dried up, and I settled into trying to make my documentation readable and understandable by future generations. Being a computer programmer and interested in databases, I tried my hand at a couple of different methods of maintaining the information I had collected. As I went along, it was very much a learning process. So, thank you for listening and joining me next time on Gathering More Leaves as I share more of my journey in exploring and discovering my family history.